The swag hits up Tennessee State and says, I heard you're looking for a new home. We look at how last year's expansion impacts this year. And Norfolk State, Morgan State, and Howard should be running the top of the MEAC tournament. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every day and today's episode is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices and everything that your part that your car will ever need go to rockauto.com and tell them that locked on sent you and the swag has reached out to Tennessee state and said I heard you were looking for a new home. And if this move were to go down, if it were to become official and this were to happen, it would be a major move with major ramifications. Eddie George kicked this all. George is the one who said, I have a desire to find a new home for Tennessee State. He's not trying to leave Tennessee State. He's trying to bring Tennessee State elsewhere outside of the OVC, the Ohio Valley Conference, because he says that is a dying conference. He opened the door for all of this. And that's all that the SWAC needed to hear. Because once they heard that, they went in and reached out and said, well, I extend this invitation. I have a new home for you. And there's a lot of logistics in it. There's a lot of things. And I think it's interesting because for Tennessee State, that would mean that they're moving into an HBC an HBCU conference for the first time in nearly 40 years. And for the SWAC, that would mean that, hey, now we're expanding. We already got FAMU. We already got Bethune-Cookman. Now we're going into another market. I wish I had like this right here. This right here that you can barely see on YouTube. Make sure you're checking out YouTube. And if, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, check it out. Because I'm trying to have some visual aids. But unfortunately, I should have lowered the map. But it is what it is. We're going to try to go off of this brain and just remember what it is. Um, but that's another market. And we've seen how they're expanding. They're no longer just the Southwest. They got Bethune-Cookman. They got um, FAMU. That's right on the Eastern Coast. So they're moving beyond just their geographical location, and they're expanding to multiple markets. We'll talk about that as well. This is major because not just on a SWAC landscape, but on all HBCU landscape because this is one of the few HBCUs that is not in an HBCU conference. North Carolina A&T, Howard, or Hampton, excuse me, they just moved over to the CAA. The, yeah, the CAA. I don't think they're going to leave anytime soon. So if you can grab Tennessee State, this is major. This is major. It would be the 13th team in the conference. Put, put that in your back pocket, right? Remember that. We're going to put that in our back pocket. And it would mean so much. It would mean continual expansion. But then also there's some other things that I feel like it truthfully does provide. And one thing that it provides is that the Southern Heritage Classic can be back on and it's no more trying to figure it out it'll ha pretty much have to happen because with where tennessee state is they'll be east the most western state in the east division of the swack is mississippi it's home of on that side it's home of mississippi valley and home of jackson state jackson state 
is more east than Mississippi Valley. So I would assume that Jackson State would stay in the east while Mississippi Valley State will go to the west with Alcorn. And if Alcorn and Mississippi Valley are in there, right, because you're just going off of geographic location. I think that that's how that I think that will work out better. We'll see. And then you also get to have the Southern Heritage Classic every year. Who knows if you want to move it to neutral site? Who knows if you want to keep it just going home and home? Right. We will see if that were to happen. This is a whole lot of ifs and a whole lot of guesswork. But if that were to happen, I would suggest or I would assume that Jackson State and Tennessee State, I'd probably suggest and assume that both of these schools are in the division together and they would end up playing each other basically every year. So we're talking about moving. We're talking about expansion teams that will have to shift. Put that in your back pocket about Mississippi Valley State being a uh, more Western team than Jackson as well. Put that in your back pocket. And another thing that it will mean, and I think something that might be even more major than all of that is it's going to bring so many eyes. Like you have Eddie George, you have Deion Sanders, and you have Hugh Jackson all in a conference together. This is going to be major. Yes, I know that Hugh is going to be on the east side, but you can play them occasionally. Just imagine a Hugh Jackson versus Eddie George finals, you know, a championship game. Imagine that a Hugh Jackson versus Deion Sanders final. And this is only talking about the star-studded coaches, right? Because I don't want to disrespect Willie Simmons because I think Jackson State versus FAMU is about to be a rivalry that's just going to be going for years. I think this is going to be major. But I'm just talking about the star-studded Oh, my God. Deion Sanders versus Eddie George. I cha-ching. Right? All right. I'm seeing money right now. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. People are checking these type of things out. Eddie George versus Deion Sanders in the swag ass box office. Right. So those are the type of things that I think it that it brings. But the question is, what are the maneuvering? What are the tactics that they're going to have to to display to get it done? Well, number one, there's going to be money to get out of the OBC. And it may be the reason that Tennessee State has not directly said they want to leave or tried to leave immediately. But rumor has it that the SWAC would then try to help with getting the money, right? So they wouldn't just be like, well, you figure that out. They, the plan is for the SWAC to also help with that. So that's number one. And then I think another thing is you're, you're going to have to, let's reach into our back pocket, right? You're going to have to find another team to work with. Because you have 13, but you're not going to have an odd number. So you're going to have to bring it to 14, which brings a little bit of an issue. And that issue is North Carolina A&T and Hampton just went to the CAA. That leaves nobody but Tennessee State basically as an unaffiliated HBCU. And by that, I mean within an HBCU conference. So there's two choices. You can either, one, poach somebody from the MEAC. You just did that. You just did that. I don't know if you want to do it again or go with a D2 school. And honestly, the MEAC may have to start pulling up some D2 schools if they can. Of course, they have to sign on and agree and want to do that. We just saw Savannah State choose to go down from the D1 level to go to the D2 level. So about all parties feeling like this works for them. But those are the two options. And I'm going to give you a couple of just a couple of schools that I feel like need to be at least mentioned in this. And number one, geographically, I think this just makes sense coming out of the MEAC, South Carolina State. And I'm not a fan of taking from the MEAC unless you want to build this super conference that people have discussed. And then I would probably get an automatic bid to the FCS. But I don't think that's truly what they want to do. So time will tell. But 
Um, South Carolina State would be a good geographic team because it's right there by Florida. And then you also have it right there by Tennessee State that you're bringing on. Naturally, they have to be on the east. There shouldn't be any schools that's added to the west as far as coming out of the conference. You would have to shift some people from the east to the west. That's likely what would happen. And if you bring on two, if my math is correct, seven, nine, yes. Yeah, so if my, my math is correct, you could bring on two to the east and you would move one over to the west, likely Mississippi Valley State, still got that in the back pocket. And that's what would have to happen to make it all go together and have the numbers work. But another school is Albany State. I think Albany State works. That's a D2 option. Bring them up. Right. You had their head coach. He was in the HBCU Legacy Bowl this year. They just won the SEAC for the first time or they won. A, he won the SEAC for his first time this year. And honestly, I had one of the best defenses in the league or in the conference. So. You have two teams, both defensive teams, ironically, but you have two teams that work geographically and you also have two teams that work as far as talent level. That would just create the continual expansion of the SWAC. And speaking of expansion, you had FAMU, and then also you had Bethune Cookman come on last year. That was the expansion for the SWAC. Let's see if it continues going. And we're going to talk about how that expansion has impacted the SWAC tournament. We had a, a nice little quote from Coach Reed on the women's side, but we're going to see how it impacts the whole SWAC. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero because Stat Hero is easily the best place to wage on everything march madness is here and i'm trying to think i can't remember the last time that i won big during march madness yeah it's, it's been a it's been a while i can't remember the last time i went deep but that's why i think that stat hero is so because they allow me to do single games you know, it's an interesting mix of fantasy and sports gambling. And no more trying to focus on everything, long odds, funky props, and all of that. You can just choose on the players that you know. Just go with the players that you know. They have a lineup of players, and they say, you know, I want to have these five players going up against them. I think that overall, that is everything that you need to have in a, um, in a, in a just a fun experience as far as expanding my knowledge of March Madness and everything and having fun and winning a little bit of money as well. So you go to StatHero.com, use the promo code locked on. Go to StatHero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get an 100% deposit match. That's exactly where you need to go. Go to StatHero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. Also, I like to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. They have so many different uses because they are a protein bar, but it's not all about just being chalky and hard to get down and just muscle man. No, sometimes I just want to have a snack. Sometimes I just want to eat something that tastes good and it's covered in chocolate. It only has four grams of sugar and only four net carbs and 17 grams of protein, but it's covered in chocolate. It comes with so many different flavors, banana cream pie, raspberry, cookies and cream. You know what? I'm not about to sit here and just name them all. Blueberry muffin. I can't not name that one. That's my favorite one, right? But it's so many flavors that just taste good. I could take forever. Take five average. Probably do a whole nother segment how good Built Bars are. But this is where you need to go. to Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your offer. They even have Built Bar Puffs where you can have marshmallow covered in chocolate with all the same health benefits. I don't believe it, but it's true. I checked the nutritional facts. Go to go ahead and go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer.
All right, so we're rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And make sure you're checking out the Bracket Breakdown Show, giving you all the information that you need for March Madness. You got Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling breaking down the information for you. You can find it on our YouTube page here at Locked On HBCU or on the podcast feed starting March 14th. And today's word of the day is kind of ironic because after this, I'm going to watch Batman and we know who that who that villain is, right? But today's word of the day is riddle, a, puz- a puzzling question posed as a problem. I just thought that was kind of unique. But Bethune-Cookman and FAMU were added to the SWAC tournament or to the SWAC this year. I want to see how their additions affect the seeding at the bottom of the SWAC. And then also I want to revisit that SWAC men's basketball log jam that we talked about earlier in the year and see how that unfolded now that the season is over. Coach Reed, women's basketball coach for Jackson State, had a real interesting question or statement. In the quote that we left out yesterday on purpose so we can get into this, this topic today, she says she talked to A.D. Robinson, and she said that the addition of FAMU and the addition of Bethune-Cookman was going to make the, the bottom of the bracket, not the bottom of the league, the bottom of the bracket really strong. So I wanted to go just do a quick little social or a little scientific experiment and see what the numbers say. And on the men's side, we're going to do men's and we're going to specifically focus on the men um, after this. But on the men's side, the last seed, the number eight seed this year is, is Prairie View. First off, they forfeited two games this year due to COVID at the beginning of the year. And it's Prairie View. So we know how tough they are. But they're eight and ten. I wanted to look in the past three years before this year and just see, well, who was worse? In 2020, 2020, uh, in 2020, 2019, and 2018, 2021, 2020, and 2019, excuse me, all of those seasons, you had two players or two teams with a lesser record, a lesser win percentage, because in 2021, it was, it was like a, you know, COVID was messing things up. So the win percentage was kind of bigger. Now you look on the women's side, and this is, you know, we're being real compendious with that one. I like that word the day from yesterday. I'm probably going to start putting that in here the same way I talk about triumvirate, um, which I am. Look, I heard there's only two people use the word triumvirate. Nice to be in an exclusive club. Uh, <laughs> but this is a situation where last year, you or excuse me, this year, you're looking at UAPB and they're nine and nine. So how many teams had a losing record in the SWAC tournament prior to the addition of the Florida teams. Last year, it was three. The year before that, it was one. In the year before that, it was three. So, so far in the first year of the experiment, it you are looking at a situation where the addition of these teams makes the bottom of the tournament stronger because this year's eighth seed is, be- is better than the last eighth seed over the last three years on both the men's and women's side. Now let's dive into, let's transition up, I should say. Let's not dive. Let's transition up to the top of the SWAC. And if you y'all remember later or earlier in this year, really the top of February, we talked about the SWAC log jam. It was five teams all separated by one game at the top of the SWAC. It was Alcorn, Texas Southern, Southern University, right? Texas Southern and Southern, FAMU, and then Grambling. And that's exactly how they ended up layering at the end of the season. It wasn't how they were at that time. At that time, it was actually flipped. Grambling Southern and fam, you were all tied at seven and two, while Alcorn and Texas Southern were at six and three. Don't even want to really say top and bottom, but technically that's kind of how it was. So let's look at what happened since then. I want to start off with Grambling because Grambling, we talk about Southern's collapse because of the context of you could have been number one, but then 
look at Grambling. They went two and seven to close the year. They started hot enough to be able to hold on to their, their spot, but they actually, they're only ones out of these five that are not in the top five. Now they're six. We'll see if they're able to regain their composure against Southern, a team that they have knocked off two times, but we'll see how that works. Then you have FAMU. I don't think that their their winning streak was really sustainable because they had a seven game win streak. They lost their first two their first two games, and then they went on a seven game win streak after that. And they weren't dominant like a Jackson State women's basketball team. So I don't think it was realistic to really think that their seven game win streak could have continued, and it didn't. They ended up falling down a little bit, went four and five in the back half of SWAC play because this was the midway point that we were looking at this log jam, and now it's about where are you at now. But you had those two teams. Southern, we went through them. They lost three games, and I felt like they could have been the number one seed, but they had some late-season falters, and that's all that happened. And it ended up really derailing their season. They were able to win one game at the end of the year and secure that number three spot. Now you get to the consistent teams because Texas Southern, they've only lost two games. They lost to Southern and Alcorn. That's kind of disappointing, but they've only lost two games. So they're on the right trajectory. They were six and three in the first half of the season. Then they were seven and two. So they're trending upwards. Then you have Alcorn. And they would have been the number one seed if it wasn't for Alcorn. But Alcorn came in and they didn't lose anything but one game the rest of the way. So they're the team that's really been on the uptick and really been increasing their stock. And I mean, looking at how good they are, they've been on a six game win streak since losing a game to Bethune Cookman, who Bethune Cookman just be giving really good teams fits. This, this is one of those teams, you know, you don't want to lose that game, but that was relatively towards the middle of the season. They're on a six game win streak now. So looking at it, I think that the who should be the favorite is kind of in order. You have Alcorn, you have Texas Southern and you can't count Southern. But if I had to have one sleeper pick, it would be Prairie View. And I can't wait to watch that Prairie View versus Alcorn game because Prairie View is my team of. If there's going to be an upset, it will come from them. Or Grambling. Grambling as well, because they've they up they knocked off Southern twice this year. I don't even know how much of an upset it would honestly be. But Prairie View knocking off Alcorn would definitely be a major upset. Now here goes my riddle. Um, it's one of the Riddler's riddles, and I thought it was really good. So let's let's get into it. Our word of the day is riddle, and here's a riddle for you. If you know me, you'll want to share me. If you share me, I'll be gone. What am I? A secret. And one of the worst kept secrets is the fact that the top of the MEAC in the men's basketball side is phenomenal. Howard, Morgan State, Norfolk State, excuse me, on the women's basketball side, they've been absolutely exceptional. So as we continue, I want to make sure that I am touching on just how good those three teams are and how they are separated as far as seeding goes. But first, I want to make sure that I tell you about our good friends at BetOnline because BetOnline.net is the number one place to go for all of your wagering needs. Because you want to talk about the NB, the NBA, they have the MVP odds up for that. You want to talk about the NFL, it's way early. There was so much turmoil in the NFL today, right? You had Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Broncos about that. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Packers to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers but saying, wait a minute, I didn't get all that crazy amount of money that they said I got. We haven't, you know, we're still working on the contract. But yeah, I am going to be a Packer. There is so much great content. Make sure you go on to betonline.net to put down all of your money. Is this really the last dance? Do you really win that championship this time? Also, the, the AP Top 10 March Madness brackets. You have their eyes on who's going to win in that. Whew, it's so much at betonline.net that they are the best in the business. BetOnline is the fastest 
and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And I was just telling you about March Madness. And the only place to have your brackets done is at RunYourPool.com. Because I'm going, Locked On's going to be there. We're going to be at RunYourPool.com slash Locked On. You're, you know, you're welcome. Come on, come get beat by all of our experts. Or, you know, if you feel like you got it, then come show us that you got it. Whatever. I ain't never been scared of no competition. I'll be honest with you, though. I am a novice when it comes to this March Madness thing. So many teams, I don't know all of them. I can't. But one thing that they help is they give me all of the information and details and intel so that I feel confident in who I decide to pick. And I'm not just going in there and I'm just picking blind. Like, give me that team. Give me that team. Give me that team. Uh, forget. I feel like throwing an upset here. I'm not picking blind. I see everything that's going on. That's why Run Your Pool is one of the best. They have things like Survivor. They have the ability to change your scoring on the bracket. And even if you don't want to just play with us, go make a bracket for yourself. Go make a bracket for your family, your office, and use the promo code Pure Madness for $10 off at checkout. But if you really want that competition, come on to runyourpool.com slash locked on. All right, so we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I want to talk about the three teams that are at the top of the MEAC Women's Basketball Tournament. You have Norfolk State, you have Morgan State, and you have Howard. All three of these teams tied at 11-3. and three. So they were able to end up sharing the regular season title three ways. But when it comes down to the tournament, you can't split the number one seed three ways. Somebody has to be in front of somebody. There has to be an order. And with that, I want to break down how they were able to break it apart and then also tell you what was so good about each one of these teams. So all three of these teams, they split the season series. So Norfolk and Howard split their season series. Norfolk and Morgan State split theirs. Uh, Morgan State and Howard split theirs as well. So that's basically how it was broken down. So there was no real tiebreaker. They're all 11-3. They all split against each other. Nobody swept anybody. How do you decide? And it ended up being decided by the fact that Howard swept Copen State. So with that sweep, they went on and became the first seed. And then the second and third seed was decided because Copen State knocked off both Howard and um, Morgan, or knocked off Morgan State and Norfolk State. So they ended up having the same exact record against every other team and just went with point differential. And that ended up being Norfolk State. And it's ironic because Morgan had the best uh, record overall as far as outside of just the conference. They had the best non-conference record out of all of them, but they end up being the last of the three. We'll see how it is. But I want to see what makes each team special. And we're going to go in order. We're going to start off with Howard because Howard is, man, they can score. But they don't have any individual that just lights it up. They have, obviously, a leading score, but they don't have anybody who really lights it up. And they're not particularly great from three-point range. But that's where we, where we start off with. Because there is one player who is better than the rest at three-point, and that's Destiny Howell. Because she's not just one of the best three-point shooters on that team. She's one of the best three-point shooters in the country, or in that, in that conference, excuse me. And she's right. She's really like the only person who really shoots a lot of threes on that team. You take the next three players, the next three leaders in three-point attempts, no one, or all of them combined, don't make it to her. So not only is no one close, you have 50, 50, and 68. They don't even make it to her 170 attempts. So she she shoots it, and she shoots it at a really good rate, at about 31%. So I think that overall, when you look at her, she's somebody who gets it going as far as offensively. 
from the three-point range. But outside of that, they're mostly an inside team. That's not really what they do. Um, Azane Hutton, she's somebody who operates with within inside. I don't even know if she's taking like 10 threes, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. She doesn't take many. That's not what she does, but she does put the ball through the hoop. And she's also really dominant on the boards. So while she gets the job done, she's had six double-doubles in this season. She gets the, do- the job done on the glass and then also in the paint far as scoring and everything. And then lastly, you're going to have Ayana Warren, who has nearly 100 assists. So that's that's the offense of them. They're not really a standout offense individually, but they do a great job putting together a package as a unit. And let's move, keep going forward. Norfolk State. Norfolk State, I think they're the most balanced, personally. They have the number one point margin of victory, or point margin, not a victory, but as far as points allowed versus points scored. And they're extremely dominant defensively. They, they, li- they lead the league in a bunch of important statistical categories. Points allowed, um, field goal percentage for opponents. They're leading, they're leading in both of those. And then they're second in blocks. Then that points towards their low field goal percentage. They're first in turnovers forced. And a big reason of that is that they're first in steals. All of these stats typically go together and you see it and you understand how you force a lot of turnovers because you get a lot of steals. You know, they have a low uh, opponent field goal percentage because they're blocking a lot of shots. So they're dominant in so many different ways. But you would think that with their dominant defensive force, they don't score the ball well, but they do. Statistically, they're middle of the pack. But in realistically, they're right there with everybody else. It's two points separating them in first place. And to put it into, you know, just comparison, we're talking about relative athletic scoring last episode. Let's just keep everything in relation. They have a two game, a two point lead on the second place points allowed. So the same margin that separates them from one to two on the defensive side separates them from the middle of the pack to number one. That just that just tells you how good they are defensively. They have the number one point margin difference. Right. And they have two scores in the top five. I want to be very clear that they are a defensive stalwart, but they have offensive success as well. And they have highlight individuals. Now you have Morgan State who joins Howard or joins Norfolk State as the only team to score more than 60 points and allow less than 60 points. Nobody else is in that club as far as the MEAC goes. And they're really balanced. And statistically and ranking wise, they'll tell you that, hey, they're the most balanced. They're number two in points allowed. They're number one in number two in points scored. They have a lot of just balance. I think that's the great way to, to describe them. But if I had to add one more word, I'd probably say scrappy because they lead the league in offensive rebounds. And to me, that's a measure of your scrappiness. That's a measure of how much you want it. That's a team that you don't want to allow when they shoot the ball. If it comes off the rim, you want to make sure that you're boxing out. You want to make sure that you're attacking. You want to make sure that you're corralling those rebounds. Because too many offensive rebounds, you're having a chance at getting second chance uh, shots, second chance points. That's what they do really well. And if I'm going against them, I'm making sure that I'm telling everybody box out. That's a point of emphasis before a game versus Morgan State is that we need to box out. I need to box out, period. Every day in practice, box out, box out, box out, box out. I might just start throwing people stuff in the calf, box out, <laughs> right? Um, but those are where they all ex- they all excel. You have Howard, who is really good offensively. You have Norfolk State and Morgan State, who I think are more balanced as far as being compatible offensively and defensively. You know, so keep keep watching because we are keep diving into this MEAC tournament, into this SWAC tournament, and everything that is a part of it. That's why you need to continue to make Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. 
every day. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to be coming and we're going to be kicking with Jared Huggins. We're keep going with our top 10 Thursdays. We're talking about draft eligible HBCU players. We have that. And then also why Tennessee State is not going to the SWAC. I told y'all why they might be going, you know, as far as they're calling. But I'm going to also tell you why. I don't think it's likely that they actually go. So for your second listen of the day, make sure that you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. You have Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL cornerback, giving you all the breakdown that you need. Honestly, this is great content because the draft is a year-long process. We're starting right now in March. The draft is April. Get everything that you need to be educated all right and to the meantime or in the meantime in between time make sure you find me on that blue app that bird yes twitter at south exclusives and so the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace